part two section twelve of the freedom of the will by jonathan edwards this librivox recording is in the public domain god's certain foreknowledge of the future volitions of moral agents inconsistent with such a contingence of those volitions as is without all necessity having proved that god has a certain and infallible prescience of the voluntary acts of moral agents i come now in the second place to show the consequence how it follows from hence that these events are necessary with a necessity of connection or consequence the chief armenian divine so far as i have had opportunity to observe deny this consequence and affirm that if such foreknowledge be allowed it is no evidence of any necessity of the event foreknown now i desire that this matter may be particularly and thoroughly inquired into i cannot but think that on particular and full consideration it may be perfectly determined whether it be indeed so or not in order to a proper consideration of this matter i would observe the following things one it is very evident that with regard to a thing whose existence is infallibly and indissolubly connected with something which already hath or has had existence the existence of that thing is necessary here may be noted the following particulars one i observed before in explaining the nature of necessity that in things which are past their past existence is now necessary having already made sure of existence it is too late for any possibility of alteration in that respect it is now impossible that it should be otherwise than true that the thing has existed two if there be any such thing as a divine foreknowledge of the volitions of free agents that foreknowledge by the supposition is a thing which already has and long ago had existence and so now its existence is necessary it is now utterly impossible to be otherwise than that this foreknowledge should be or should have been three it is also very manifest that those things which are indissolubly connected with other things that are necessary are themselves necessary as that proposition whose truth is necessarily connected with another proposition which is necessarily true is itself necessarily true to say otherwise would be a contradiction it would be in effect to say that the connection was indissoluble and yet was not so but might be broken if that the existence of which is indissolubly connected with something whose existence is now necessary is itself not necessary then it may possibly not exist notwithstanding that indissoluble connection of its existence whether the absurdity be not glaring let the reader judge for it is no less evident than if there be a full certain and infallible foreknowledge of the future existence of the volitions of moral agents then there is a certain infallible and indissoluble connection between those events and that foreknowledge and that therefore by the preceding observations those events are necessary events 
being infallibly and indissolubly connected with that whose existence already is and so is now necessary and cannot but have been to say the foreknowledge is certain and infallible and yet the connection of the event with that foreknowledge is dissoluble and fallible is very absurd to affirm it would be the same thing as to affirm that there is no necessary connection between a proposition being infallibly known to be true and its being true indeed so that it is perfectly demonstrable that if there be any infallible knowledge of future volitions the event is necessary or in other words that it is impossible but the event should come to pass for if it be not impossible but that it may be otherwise then it is not impossible but that the proposition which affirms its future coming to pass may not now be true there is this absurdity in it that it is not impossible but that there now should be no truth in that proposition which is now infallibly known to be true two that no future event can be certainly foreknown whose existence is contingent and without all necessity may be proved thus it is impossible for a thing to be certainly known to any intellect without evidence to suppose otherwise implies a contradiction because for a thing to be certainly known to any understanding is for it to be evident to that understanding and for a thing to be evident to any understanding is the same thing as for that understanding to see evidence of it but no understanding created or uncreated can see evidence where there is none for that is the same thing as to see that to be which is not and therefore if there be any truth which is absolutely without evidence that truth is absolutely unknowable insomuch that it implies a contradiction to suppose that it is known but if there be any future event whose existence is contingent without all necessity the future existence of the event is absolutely without evidence if there be any evidence of it it must be one of these two sorts either self-evidence or proof an evident thing must be either evident in itself or evident in something else that is evident by connection with something else but a future thing whose existence is without all necessity can have neither of these sorts of evidence it cannot be self-evident for if it be it may be now known by what is now to be seen in the thing itself its present existence or the necessity of its nature but both these are contrary to the supposition it is supposed both that the thing has no present existence to be seen and also that it is not of such a nature as to be necessarily existent for the future so that its future existence is not self-evident and secondly neither is there any proof or evidence in anything else or evidence of connection with something else that is evident for this is also contrary to the supposition it is supposed that there is now nothing existent with which the future existence of the contingent event is connected for such a connection destroys its contingent and supposes necessity thus it is demonstrated that there is in the nature of things absolutely no evidence at all of the future existence of that event which is contingent without 
all necessity if any such event there be neither self-evidence nor proof and therefore the thing in reality is not evident and so cannot be seen to be evident or which is the same thing cannot be known let us consider this in an example suppose that five thousand seven hundred and sixty years ago there was no other being but the divine being and then this world or some particular body or spirit all at once starts out of nothing into being and takes on itself a particular nature and form all in absolute contingence without any concern of god or any other cause in the matter without any manner of ground or reason of its existence or any dependence upon or connection at all with anything foregoing i say that if this be supposed there was no evidence of that event beforehand there was no evidence of it to be seen in the thing itself for the thing itself as yet was not and there was no evidence of it to be seen in anything else for evidence in something else is connection with something else but such connection is contrary to the supposition there was no evidence before that this thing would happen for by the supposition there was no reason why it should happen rather than something else or rather than nothing and if so then all things before were exactly equal and the same with respect to that and other possible things there was no preponderation no superior weight or value and therefore nothing that could be of weight or value to determine any understanding the thing was absolutely without evidence and absolutely unknowable an increase of understanding or of the capacity of discerning has no tendency and makes no advance towards discerning any signs or evidences of it let it be increased never so much yea if it be increased infinitely the increase of the strength of sight may have a tendency to enable to discern the evidence which is far off and very much hid and deeply involved in clouds and darkness but it has no tendency to enable to discern evidence where there is none if the sight be infinitely strong and the capacity of discerning infinitely great it will enable to see all that there is and to see it perfectly and with ease yet it has no tendency at all to enable a being to discern that evidence which is not but on the contrary it has a tendency to enable to discern with great certainty that there is none three to suppose the future volitions of moral agents not to be necessary events or which is the same thing events which it is not impossible but that they may not come to pass and yet to suppose that god certainly foreknows them and knows all things is to suppose god's knowledge to be inconsistent with itself for to say that god certainly and without all conjecture knows that a thing will infallibly be which at the same time he knows to be so contingent that it may possibly not be is to suppose his knowledge inconsistent with itself or that one thing he knows is utterly inconsistent with another thing he knows it is the same as to say he now knows a proposition to be of certain infallible truth which he knows to be of contingent uncertain truth 
if a future volition is so without all necessity that nothing hinders but it may not be then the proposition which asserts its future existence is so uncertain that nothing hinders but that the truth of it may entirely fail and if god knows all things he knows this proposition to be thus uncertain and that is inconsistent with his knowing that it is infallibly true and so inconsistent with his infallibly knowing that it is true if the thing be indeed contingent god views it so and judges it to be contingent if he views things as they are if the event be not necessary then it is possible it may never be and if it be possible it may never be god knows it may possibly never be and that is to know that the proposition which affirms its existence may possibly not be true and that is to know that the truth of it is uncertain which surely is inconsistent with his knowing it as a certain truth if volitions are in themselves contingent events without all necessity then it is no argument of perfection of knowledge in any being to determine peremptorily that they will be but on the contrary an argument of ignorance and mistake because it would argue that he supposes that proposition to be certain which in its own nature and all things considered is uncertain and contingent to say in such a case that god may have ways of knowing contingent events which we cannot conceive of is ridiculous as much so as to say that god may know contradictions to be true for aught we know or that he may know a thing to be certain and at the same time know it not to be certain though we cannot conceive how because he has ways of knowing which we cannot comprehend corollary one from what has been observed it is evident that the absolute decrees of god are no more inconsistent with human liberty on account of any necessity of the event which follows from such decrees than the absolute foreknowledge of god because the connection between the event and certain foreknowledge is as infallible and indissoluble as between the event and an absolute decree that is it is no more impossible that the event and decree should not agree together than that the event and absolute knowledge should disagree the connection between the event and foreknowledge is absolutely perfect by the supposition because it is supposed that the certainty and infallibility of the knowledge is absolutely perfect and it being so the certainty cannot be increased and therefore the connection between the knowledge and thing known cannot be increased so that if a decree be added to the foreknowledge it does not at all increase the connection or make it more infallible and indissoluble if it were not so the certainty of knowledge might be increased by the addition of a decree which is contrary to the supposition which is that the knowledge is absolutely perfect or perfect to the highest possible degree there is as much impossibility but that the things which are infallibly foreknown should be or which is the same thing as great a necessity of their future existence as if the event were already written down and was known and read by all mankind through all preceding ages and there was the most indissoluble and perfect connection possible between the writing and the thing written in such a case it would be as impossible 
the event should fail of existence as if it had existed already and a decree cannot make an event sure or more necessary than this and therefore if there be any such foreknowledge as it has been proved there is then necessity of connection and consequence is not at all inconsistent with any liberty which man or any other creature enjoys and from hence it may be inferred that absolute decrees which do not at all increase the necessity are not inconsistent with the liberty which man enjoys on any such account as that they make the event decreed necessary and render it utterly impossible but that it should come to pass therefore if absolute decrees are inconsistent with man's liberty as a moral agent or his liberty in a state of probation or any liberty whatsoever that he enjoys it is not on account of any necessity which absolute decrees infer dr whitby supposes there is a great difference between god's foreknowledge and his decrees with regard to necessity of future events in his discourse on the five points page four seventy four etc he says god's prescience has no influence at all on our actions should god says he by immediate revelation give me the knowledge of the event of any man's state or actions would my knowledge of them have any influence upon his actions surely none at all our knowledge doth not affect the things we know to make them more certain or more future than they would be without it now foreknowledge in god is knowledge as therefore knowledge has no influence on things that are so neither has foreknowledge on things that shall be and consequently the foreknowledge of any action that would be otherwise free cannot alter or diminish that freedom whereas god's decree of election is powerful and active and comprehends the preparation and exhibition of such means as shall unfrustrably produce the end hence god's prescience renders no actions necessary and to this purpose page four seventy three he cites origen where he says god's prescience is not the cause of things future but their being future is the cause of god's prescience that they will be and leblanc where he says this is the truest resolution of this difficulty that prescience is not the cause that things are future but their being future is the cause they are foreseen in like manner dr clark in his demonstration of the being and attributes of god pages ninety five to ninety nine and the author of the freedom of will in god and the creature speaking to the like purpose with dr whitby represents foreknowledge as having no more influence on things known to make them necessary than after knowledge or to that purpose to all which i would say that what is said about knowledge its not having influence on the thing known to make it necessary is nothing to the purpose nor does it in the least affect the foregoing reasoning whether prescience be the thing that makes the event necessary or no it alters not the case infallible foreknowledge may prove the necessity of the event foreknown and yet not be the thing which causes the necessity if the foreknowledge be absolute this proves the event known to be necessary 
or proves that it is impossible but that the event should be by some means or other either by a decree or some other way if there be any other way because as was said before it is absurd to say that a proposition is known to be certainly and infallibly true which yet may possibly prove not true the whole of the seeming force of this evasion lies in this that inasmuch as certain foreknowledge does not cause an event to be necessary as a decree does therefore it does not prove it to be necessary as a decree does but there is no force in this arguing for it is built wholly on this supposition that nothing can prove or be an evidence of a thing being necessary but that which has a causal influence to make it so but this can never be maintained if certain foreknowledge of the future existence of an event be not the thing which first makes it impossible that it should fail of existence yet it may and certainly does demonstrate that it is impossible it should fail of it however that impossibility comes if foreknowledge be not the cause but the effect of this impossibility it may prove that there is such an impossibility as much as if it were the cause it is as strong arguing from the effect to the cause as from the cause to the effect it is enough that an existence which is infallibly foreknown cannot fail whether that impossibility arises from the foreknowledge or is prior to it it is as evident as anything can be that it is impossible a thing which is infallibly known to be true should prove not to be true therefore there is a necessity that it should be otherwise whether the knowledge be the cause of this necessity or the necessity the cause of the knowledge all certain knowledge whether it be foreknowledge or after knowledge or concomitant knowledge proves the thing known now to be necessary by some means or other or proves that it is impossible it should now be otherwise than true i freely allow that foreknowledge does not prove a thing to be necessary any more than after knowledge but then after knowledge which is certain and infallible proves that it is now become impossible but that the proposition known should be true certain after knowledge proves that it is now by some means or other become impossible but that the proposition which predicates past existence on the event should be true and so does certain foreknowledge prove that now in the time of the knowledge it is by some means or other become impossible but that the proposition which predicates future existence on the event should be true the necessity of the truth of the propositions consisting in the present impossibility of the non-existence of the event affirmed in both cases is the immediate ground of the certainty of the knowledge there can be no certainty of knowledge without it there must be a certainty in things themselves before they are certainly known or which is the same thing known to be certain for certainty of knowledge is nothing else but knowing or discerning the certainty there is in the things themselves which are known therefore there must be a certainty in things to be a ground of certainty of knowledge and to render things capable of being known to be certain and there is nothing but the necessity of truth known or its being impossible but that it should be true or in other words the firm and infallible connection between the subject and predicate of the proposition that contains that truth all certainty of knowledge consists in the view 
of the firmness of that connection so god's certain foreknowledge of the future existence of any event is his view of the firm and indissoluble connection of the subject and predicate of the proposition that affirms its future existence the subject is that possible event the predicate is its future existence but if future existence be firmly and indissolubly connected with that event then the future existence of that event is necessary if god certainly knows the future existence of an event which is wholly contingent and may possibly never be then he sees a firm connection between a subject and predicate that are not firmly connected which is a contradiction i allow what dr whitby says to be true that mere knowledge does not affect the thing known to make it more certain or more future but yet i say it supposes and proves the thing to be already both future and certain that is necessarily future knowledge of futurity supposes futurity and a certain knowledge of futurity supposes certain futurity antecedent to that certain knowledge but there is no other certain futurity of a thing antecedent to certainty of knowledge than a prior impossibility but that the thing should prove true or which is the same thing the necessity of the event i would observe one thing further that if it be as those forementioned writers suppose that god's foreknowledge is not the cause but the effect of the existence of the event foreknown this is so far from showing that this foreknowledge doth not infer the necessity of the existence of that event that it rather shows the contrary the more plainly because it shows the existence of the event to be so settled and firm that it is as if it had already been inasmuch as in effect it actually exists already its future existence has already had actual influence and efficiency and has produced an effect viz prescience the effect exists already and as the effect supposes the cause and depends entirely upon it therefore it is as if the future event which is the cause had existed already the effect is firm as possible it having already the possession of existence and has made sure of it but the effect cannot be more firm and stable than its cause ground and reason the building cannot be firmer than the foundation to illustrate this matter let us suppose the appearances and images of things in a glass for instance a reflecting telescope to be the real effects of heavenly bodies at a distance and out of sight which they resemble if it be so then as these images in the telescope have had a past actual existence and it is become utterly impossible now that it should be otherwise than that they have existed so they being the true effects of the heavenly bodies they resemble this proves the existence of those heavenly bodies to be as real infallible firm and necessary as the existence of these effects the one being connected with and wholly depending on the other now let us suppose future existences some way or other to have influence back to produce effects beforehand and cause exact and perfect images of themselves in a glass a thousand years before they exist yea in all preceding ages but yet that these images are real effects of these future existences perfectly dependent on and connected with their cause these effects and images having already had actual existence render that matter of their existence perfectly firm and stable and utterly impossible to be otherwise 
and this proves as in the other instance that the existence of the things which are their causes is also equally sure firm and necessary and that it is alike impossible but that they should be as if they had been already as their effects have and if instead of images in a glass we suppose the antecedent effects to be perfect ideas of them in the divine mind which have existed there from all eternity which are as properly effects as truly and properly connected with their cause the case is not altered another thing which has been said by some armenians to take off the force of what is urged from god's prescience against the contingents of the volitions of moral agents is to this purpose that when we talk of foreknowledge in god there is no strict propriety in our so speaking and that although it be true that there is in god the most perfect knowledge of all events from eternity to eternity yet there is no such thing as before and after in god but he sees all things by one perfect unchangeable view without any succession to this i answer one it has been already shown that all certain knowledge proves the necessity of the truth known whether it be before after or at the same time though it be true that there is no succession in god's knowledge and the manner of his knowledge is to us inconceivable yet thus much we know concerning it that there is no event past present or to come that god is ever uncertain of he never is never was and never will be without infallible knowledge of it he always sees the existence of it to be certain and infallible and as he always sees things just as they are in truth hence there never is in reality anything contingent in such a sense as that possibly it may happen never to exist if strictly speaking there is no foreknowledge in god it is because those things which are future to us are as present to god as if they had already had existence and that is as much as to say that future events are always in god's view as evident clear sure and necessary as if they already were if there never is a time wherein the existence of the event is not present with god then there never is a time wherein it is not as much impossible for it to fail of existence as if its existence were present and were already come to pass god viewing things so perfectly and unchangeably as that there is no succession in his ideas or judgment does not hinder but that there is properly now in the mind of god a certain and perfect knowledge of the moral actions of men which to us are an hundred years hence yea the objection supposes this and therefore it certainly does not hinder but that by the foregoing arguments it is now impossible these moral actions should not come to pass we know that god foreknows the future voluntary actions of men in such a sense as that he is able particularly to foretell them and cause them to be recorded as he often has done and therefore that necessary connection which there is between god's knowledge and the event known as much proves the event to be necessary beforehand as if the divine knowledge were in the same sense before the event as the prediction or writing is if the knowledge be infallible then the expression of it in the written prediction is infallible that is there is an infallible connection between that written prediction and the event and if so then it is 
impossible it should ever be otherwise than that the prediction and the event should agree and this is the same thing as to say it is impossible but that the event should come to pass and this is the same as to say that its coming to pass is necessary so that it is manifest that there being no proper succession in god's mind makes no alteration as to the necessity of the existence of the events known yea two this is so far from weakening the proof given of the impossibility of future events known not coming to pass as that it establishes the foregoing arguments and shows the clearness of the evidence four one the very reason why god's knowledge is without succession is because it is absolutely perfect to the highest possible degree of clearness and certainty all things whether past present or to come being viewed with equal evidence and fullness future things being seen with as much clearness as if they were present the view is always in absolute perfection and absolute constant perfection admits of no alteration and so no succession the actual existence of the thing known does not at all increase or add to the clearness or certainty of the thing known god calls the things that are not as though they were they are all one to him as if they had already existed but herein consists the strength of the demonstration before given that it is as impossible they should fail of existence as if they existed already this objection instead of weakening the argument sets it in the strongest light for it supposes it to be so indeed that the existence of future events is in god's view so much as if it already had been that when they come actually to exist it makes not the least alteration or variation in his knowledge of them two the objection is founded on the immutability of god's knowledge for it is the immutability of knowledge that makes it to be without succession but this most directly and plainly demonstrates the thing i insist on viz that it is utterly impossible the known events should fail of existence for if that were possible then a change in god's knowledge and view of things were possible for if the known event should not come into being as god expected then he would see it and so would change his mind and see his former mistake and thus there would be change and succession in his knowledge but as god is immutable and it is infinitely impossible that his view should be changed so it is for the same reason just so impossible that the foreknown event should not exist and that is to be impossible in the highest degree and therefore the contrary is necessary nothing is more impossible than that the immutable god should be changed by the succession of time who comprehends all things from eternity to eternity in one most perfect and unalterable view so that his whole eternal duration is vitae interminabilis tota simul et perfecta possessio on the whole i need not fear to say that there is no geometrical theorem or proposition whatsoever more capable of strict demonstration than that god's certain prescience of the volitions of moral agents is inconsistent with such a contingence of these events as is without all necessity and so is inconsistent with the armenian notion of liberty corollary two hence the doctrine of the calvinists concerning the absolute decrees of god does not all infer any more fatality in things than will demonstrably follow from the doctrine of the most armenian divines who acknowledge god's omniscience and universal prescience 
therefore all objections they make against the doctrine of the calvinists as implying hobbes's doctrine of necessity or the stoical doctrine of fate lie no more against the doctrine of calvinists than their own doctrine and therefore it doth not become those divines to raise such an outcry against the calvinists on this account corollary three hence all arguments of armenians who own god's omniscience against the doctrine of the inability of unregenerate men to perform the conditions of salvation and the commands of god requiring spiritual duties and against the calvinist doctrine of efficacious grace on this ground that those doctrines though they do not suppose men to be under any constraint or coaction yet suppose them under necessity must fall to the ground and their arguments against the necessity of men's volitions taken from the reasonableness of god's commands promises and threatenings and the sincerity of his counsels and imitations and all objections against any doctrines of the calvinists as being inconsistent with human liberty because they infer necessity i say all these arguments and objections must be justly esteemed vain and frivolous as coming from them being levelled against their own doctrine as well as against that of the calvinists end of part two section twelve